Welcome to Radioactive Summer Break. I'm Laura Jones. Tonight we're mashing up more music discovery and community conversations once again. And coming up, two distinct takes on pioneers as we approach Pioneer Day. Azra Basic of the Salt Lake County Library will share three quick picks you can check out or download from the County Library's catalog. And Princess Kennedy is back with a queer lens on pioneers. She's even got a pick to add to our Songs of Summer playlist based on queer history here in Utah. Songs of Summer, you can add a song of your own. Even dedicate it by leaving me a voicemail at 385-800-1889. Don't just call me up and say, Spirit in the Sky. You know, tell me why. Tell me who you are. Paint a picture. It's radio, folks. That voicemail number, 385-800-1889. Here's another one from the Songs of Summer Hotline. This is Liz in Salt Lake, and this song's gone out to Portia. Portia and I used to hang out all the time at her mom's house and listen to records. And one of the songs we listened to over and over again was Block, Block, Block by Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark. This song is a great summer song. It gets you going. Uh, I purchased it as a cassette single and played it like nobody's business in my Volkswagen Diesel Rabbit because I had to play something good to overpower the sound of that car. Anyway, good summer song. Take a listen. Sure thing, Liz. Songs of Summer on the Radioactive Summer Break. This is Radioactive, the Summer Break Edition. I'm Laura Jones. We're just a few days away from July 24th, Pioneer Day, the Utah State Holiday, that celebrates that fateful day back in 1847 when Brigham Young and other Mormon pioneers entered the Salt Lake Valley. FYI, the parade is on Friday, July 23rd, due to the Olympics and certain network obligations. Visit daysof47.com for all the details, the festivities, the rodeos, the parade float previews and such. Here on Radioactive, though, I wanted to widen the lens on what constitutes a pioneer. So I'm going to call up some folks and ask them to share their stories or their takes throughout this week. First up tonight, my conversation with the creator of Queer Pioneer, a series the two of us worked on together a couple of years back here on KRCL. Hi, this is Princess Kennedy, local know-it-all and media maven around Salt Lake City. And this is my take on Queer Pioneer's all right, PK, wanted to ask folks this pioneer season uh, about the pioneers that they'd like to highlight and, and however you define pioneer. So for you, what is a pioneer? Well, I think that growing up in Salt Lake City, we have a very um, compartmentalized uh, view of what a pioneer is. It's what we're told they are. But I kind of feel like we, at the end of the day, we find out the pioneers are actually people with similar stories, you know, they're, they're uh, people who spoke their truths or they lived on the edge or they went against the norm to, to normalize conversations, I think, and to make us who we are today. Because I think one of the most important things that we need to know about pioneers is that they went through what they went through so that we didn't have to. Mm. All right, so who do you want to feature today? I know you've got a couple, so let's hear it. So I wanted to start with um, somebody who, uh, because pioneers come in all shapes and sizes and genders and 
preferences and whatnot. And without our allies, we'd be nothing. And so one of the pioneers I wanted to feature today is Mae West. When I'm good, I'm very good. But when I'm bad, I'm better. I got a lot, a lot of what I got. And what I got's all mine. And I'll show you, I can show you if you're feeling blue. Come up and sing this song tonight. Mae West was, I mean, let's go back. She would be turning 123 years this, this year. So we're going way back into somebody who paved the way for people for like us, but also people like, say, Madonna and Lady Gaga and even most recently RuPaul. People uh, in control of their, uh, the way they present themselves, their identity, their sexuality. No fear. And the people they surround themselves with. Okay. And the people that they love. And the people that they promote and the people that they say maybe, you know, society might throw to the side in the fringes, but people that, you know, she knew there was nothing wrong with in the conversations that were being had in that day. And so Mae West, specifically along these multiple conversations that she had about sexuality and race relations and everything else, which is so pioneering for her day, she wrote a play back in 1926 called Sex, which was about uh, a bunch of, of, you know, hookers down on the pier in Christopher Street in, in New York. While she was, had that one released on Broadway, she was workshopping a play that was called The Drag. And The Drag was about uh, a man going, seeking therapy uh, who was being treated by the therapist for um, conversion. I mean, again, a conversation that we're having today. And uh, normalizes his life throughout the play and features, his, features him and, and uh, a partner that he's falling in love with. And he's in therapy for depression because of a relationship that he was out of. And the whole thing culminates cum, <laughs> Comes in to a uh, a big drag style ball at the end of you know men in dresses and party and debauchery and it was workshopped in um, I think Massachusetts it wasn't in the city but it was immediately banned by the censorship right after that and brought attention to her play sex to where she was arrested almost every time they performed um, that play ended up being re reworkshopped into one called The Pleasure Band, where it was basically about drag queens backstage at their shows. So this is 1927, right? Wow. Drag queens backstage in their shows uh, and, and not really featuring the drag queens because that was being done on stages all over the world, Victor Victoria, i.e. and those such, those such things. Uh, so she was featuring the people in the live behind stage with actual gay men playing the characters and it was kiboshed immediately, you know, uh, before it could even be produced. But this is somebody who was really fighting and championing and even up into the 1970 when she did Myra Breckenridge, which was, I think, billed as a transsexual farce, sorry, Raquel Welch, as the transsexual. And it's a crazy movie, but Mae West has been copied and followed. I mean, she was larger than life. She was bombastic. She had, you know, uh, the, the ample bosom and the large booty and, you know, she was 5'3 in a size 18 dress. So she was, she was, you know, she was everything 
that was embodied the blonde hair and she kind of started a conversation that we weren't able to get started ourselves. And I think for that, she was a huge pioneer. Fantastic story. And I love watching the old movies and just, that was just a glimmer of what she was about. Now you've just added to my knowledge. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, one person, and I said that I had had multiple pioneers that I wanted to feature, and I have two more, one of them being Martha P. Johnson, but I think that everybody is starting to find out who she is, and and I implore you to research her yourself. She was such a great person of our history, but I think more importantly today, I wanted to talk about somebody from our own community, uh, and that would be Joe Redford. Joe Redford. And recently passed away, right? Recently passed away. And I hope, you know, his name and his legacy lives on and on and on and on because he was our grandpappy of the LGBT movement here in Salt Lake City. And I, years ago, got to sit down with Joe Redbird and, and do an article when I was talking about the history of the gay bar in Salt Lake City. And he was able to tell me some really, really great stories of, of such as like uh, the Crystal Lounge, which was... Um, where the Carl's Jr. is on State Street. And it was kind of the first gay bar, even though it wasn't really a gay bar in Salt Lake City. It's where all the gentle, the gentle thems hung out. And then the first lesbian bar, which is located where P.F. Chang's is. And <laughs> this is back in the 1930s. We're yes. talking 1930s, 1940s. Uh, Joe wasn't at the back at that time because Joe was born uh, in Laramie, Wyoming, uh, 1938, I want to say, in, in November of 1938. His obituaries are all online, you can find. But he, uh, after uh, a stint in the, in the Army, I think he came to Salt Lake City where he worked at um, uh, a bar on State Street. And uh, now it's just gone out of my head of what it was called. Oh, I can but, I can even picture it in my mind. Yeah, where it was, it was there it was, on State off just uh, east or, or north of Second uh, South, right? Mm -hmm, it was a yeah, Deseret it was Lounge. Far. Is that what I'm thinking of? No, and I wish I wish for something I, you know, city. I, I was actually I, oh a Radio City, Radio City. Go. That's radio what it city. is. Thank you. Um, since uh, you know, and it was kind of touted as like one of the first gay bars west of the Mississippi really because it had been that way since the 30s and and uh from there um he would kind of do a gay pride celebration that was really just a kegger <laughs> at the bar and okay. in night by 1975 he had opened up the first real gay dance club in Salt Lake City and uh, it was the first light of dance floor west of the Mississippi that they had. <laughs> uh, it was uh, had a roving, you know, because the Johnny and Marie show, their gay star guest stars would come down there. So there was always an interesting story that he uh -huh. had about somebody that was there. And uh, he ended up doing the first gay Freedom Day celebration uh, in Memory Grove Park in 1975, Memorial Weekend. And uh, ended, ended it with uh, having Gloria Gaynor come into the sun, uh, which was what the bar was called. It was uh, where the Vivint Smart Home Arena is now. Uh, and I mean, and he started that party that we have here. It would have naturally started, but he did it first. He yeah. went through and he was 
the heads of many organizations. He had kind of the first gay and lesbian uh, um, community center, if you will, where people would meet for stuff, albeit at a bar. Uh, back in the 70s and 80s. He had one of the very first talk shows in Salt Lake City on K-Talk. And, yeah, you KTKK, know, that's where I remember yeah. him from most. And, and, you know, and talked about topics that were, were you know, <laughs> unspeakable. And I have to just end it with saying what a tragedy it was that he ended up dying alone in a homeless shelter. Yes. And this is far, far, far too common of a story for our pioneers. And this is a conversation that we need to start having now of not recognizing people after they're gone, but recognizing people for their efforts in the time that they're there and making sure that they are surrounded with love and adulation and the recognition that they deserved before they leave this earthly plane, if you know what I mean. So... I know that people, you know, I want you, this is my challenge for people on this Pioneer Day. Uh, uh, find your own queer pioneers and the people that you champion and you tout their stories and you get it out there and you put that log on the fire and spin their yarns. Princess Kennedy, as always, thank you. Thanks, Laura. We also do Songs of Summer, where we ask folks to dedicate a song to the community, a cause they love or someone they love. Is there a song that's on your summer playlist right now? Well, I mean, I'm, let's just go with that Gloria Gaynor, huh? Okay. She was so great. I mean, since we're talking about her, we're talking about this whole thing. Uh, I think it's a, it's a good place for us to go with because it's a great message. All right. So you be the DJ. You dedicate the song, the artist, and send it out there. I would like to dedicate this song to all of you in Salt Lake City that have gone through something. A pioneer or not, you have a voice, you have something to say, and guess what? You're still alive. It's 1970 and it's Gloria Gaynor. And this is Princess Kennedy on KRCL 90.9. Everyone deserves to eat. If you're one of the more than 350,000 Utahns experiencing food insecurity, there is help. Utahns Against Hunger maintains a list of emergency food resources. Visit uah.org COVID-19. I'm Laura Jones, and coming up at 7 o'clock, it's Democracy Now! Vagabond Radio with Barbie at 8, Connor's Late Night Lowdown at 10.30, and get your super sounds with Chovy at 1 a.m. John Florence, of course, starts a brand new day, weekdays at 6 a.m. Catch up on all of our shows on demand on our website. Click on the Programs tab at krcl.org. You'll find the last two weeks of any show. Coming up next, a band that will come to town for the Twilight Concert Series. Hi, this is Azra from the County Library. This week we have three great picks for Pioneer Day. Our first pick is... First, The Life and Faith of Emma Smith by Jennifer Reeder. This book allows each of us to become personally acquainted with Emma Smith as we learn more about her essential work as a leader, a wife, and mother in the early days of the LDS Church. Our second pick is This is the Plate, Utah Food Traditions by Carol Edison. In a state much influenced by LDS history and culture, iconic items like jello salads, funeral potatoes, fry sauce, and the distinctive Utah scone have emerged as self-conscious signals of an all-inclusive Utah identity. Scholarly but lively and accessible, this book has something for everyone. 
And finally, our last pick is the LDS Songbook for All Occasions. This is an anthology of favorite songs with 79 musical selections, including fun camp songs, uplifting children's melodies, patriotic anthems, folk songs, and holiday tunes. You can find all three of my recommendations by browsing slcolibrary.org or by visiting one of our locations. My name is Azra Bashic, and these are my three quick picks on Pioneer Day. And thank you, Azra. Check tonight's show notes for a link to her three quick picks for Pioneer Day.